Everyone is looking for purpose, for a life that matters, and we want to be a church that helps people find that. This is the Collective Church Podcast from a life-giving and vibrant new church right here in London, Ontario. Here's this past week's message from our pastor, Tyler Fromm. Good morning. Welcome to Collective Church. My name is Tyler. I'm one of the lead pastors. I get to lead alongside of my wife, Lee. If you're in the room, we're glad that you're with us. If you're engaging online, we love you. If you're in the room and you already switched to your summer tires, will you just let me know? And a couple of us, a couple of people switched their summer tires and then, and then you look out today and you're like, what the heck? So for those of you who are engaging online, Maybe you switched to your summer tires, and you're like, I don't want to get out. I get it. it it's like a reminder that, that winter is still here, just like a last little glimmer. But if you, if you braved the drive, if you took public transit, if you went out of your way to be here, we're glad that you are with us. We're in this series called The Way of Jesus. And as a church, we exist to make it all about people seeing Jesus, And so we're looking at the book of Luke intentionally to see what does Jesus say? What do we do with his words? How do we reconcile what he says with our life? And when I say, I talk about online and I say if you're engaging online, that word is significant, engaging. It's not just that we want you to spectate or watch or consider or just take it in. We want you to engage, whether you're online or in the room, engage. We want you to engage with scripture, engage with Jesus through the week, to not just have a passive posture, but instead an active, be an active participant in what God wants to do through the week. And so this week, I want us to look at a passage in Luke 13, where we see the words of Jesus. Jesus is telling a story. Jesus is a master storyteller. And if you're somewhat familiar with the Bible or you're unfamiliar with the Bible, Jesus tells stories called parables. Parables are the kind of story that intends for us to lean in, to ask questions, to reflect. And what's beautiful about parables is 2,000 years later, we're still unpacking them. We're still looking at Jesus' words and going, what does this mean? And what do we do with that? And that's a powerful reminder. And I I love that that is the beauty of Jesus. He uses parables to intend to draw the listener and draw the reader in, to draw us closer to him. And in this passage, we see a parable. And the title is, is a parable of the barren fig tree. The barren fig tree. Jesus loves to use gardening metaphors. I don't know if you've noticed this, but of the, of the what, 13 weeks, there have been four or five dedicated to some sort of agricultural, horticultural metaphor that Jesus is using. And I, I think about how brilliant even that is. Like, if you think about how much has changed, our need for food and our growing of plants has not changed. Not really. We still generally understand that in order for us to have fruit or vegetables, uh, they need to be grown for now. 
But we, we actually understand and we look at Jesus as he's talking about these metaphors and even 2,000 years later from a Jewish man in the first century, we can understand and relate to it. And, and one of the things that Jesus talks about and the themes that we see in this, in this arena of gardening and agriculture is this idea that we need to bear fruit. That as Christ followers, that we bear fruit. Now, we might have said that, heard that, and go, what does that really even mean? Like, what does it mean for me as a Christian to bear fruit? Like, I don't see any pears hanging from my arms. What does that mean? It means that we should experience inward transformation that amounts to external evidence. Bearing fruit is the external evidence of inward change. It's this reminder that as things change within us, that it should be demonstrated in our life, that people should notice it. We should bear fruit. You can tell that a tree is bearing fruit because you see fruit. We should bear transformation. People should see that our lives look different. We've been talking about this, this theme of apprenticeship through this season or through this series and increasingly as a church going to reframe our, our thinking of following Jesus around apprenticeship. Apprenticeship is way more active. It is way more daily. It is way more submitted and surrendered. And, and the language that we've been using around apprenticeship is there's the three things. We want to be with Jesus. We want to become like Jesus and we want to do what he did. We want to spend time with him. We want to find ourselves transformed to look more and more like him. And we want to do the things that he did. And so bearing fruit over time means that as we are apprenticed to him, that we are changed from the inside out and people can tell that we look increasingly more and more like Jesus. Before we dig in, let's pray. God, I pray that you would be the one that speaks. God, that you would be the one that illuminates. You, your son Jesus tells these parables and invites us in. Speak to each one of us individually. May it not just be my words, my study, my ideas, but yours, divinely inspired and, and sent to transform by your power and nothing else. God, we need you. We love you. We trust you. We pray that you would remind us that you are close. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Luke 13, 6 to 9, in the New Living Translation, says this. Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. And if we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Now, you might read something like that and go, what? Like, that's a natural thing, that there are things that Jesus says that he causes us to go, what? 
what does he mean? What is he talking about? And how does this apply to my own life? My hope is that by looking at this from a bunch of different angles, that we can see how for those of us that are Jesus followers, that this parable is filled with nuggets that can really help us as apprentices to Jesus. That there are things in this that I was looking at this week that I had just never seen before. And my hope is to hit it from angles where maybe there's something that resonates with you, that you see what Jesus is up to. Now, first, let me just look at the very obvious, just surface level before we actually think about implications or applications. So here we have this parable where Jesus is talking about a fig tree. He's he's painting this picture. And just on an obvious level, we see that something is not right. A fig tree that does not bear figs is not doing its job. It's not doing what it was intended for. It's not doing what it was purposed for, created for it. It's not actually fulfilling the role that it was designed for. That there's a disconnect. That we don't look at a tree that is not producing the fruit it was intended and go, eh, it's kind of nice. It's not useful. And so there's this challenge of recognizing, okay, this fig tree is not doing what it is intended to do. And Jesus is telling the story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden. And he came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. I can relate to the again and again. Like when I'm waiting for something, if I've if I've started something and I want to see I want to see fruit or outcome, I come again and again and I check. Like anything happened now? Anything now? It's like it's like when you're trying to boil water and you're watching it and you're like, is it boiled yet? How about now? How about now? Like especially for my kids, I see it where it's like you're this impatience. And I struggle with waiting anyway. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not good at it, and so I can understand. And the owner of this tree has come back again and again, and over three years there's been no fruit. And he's saying, listen, I've, I've come and I've checked, and for three years, no fruit. We can understand how frustrating that'd be. If you invested in something, and three years later you saw no return on that, you saw nothing, you would be pretty disappointed You'd be frustrated. You'd be looking at going, okay, it's intended to do one thing. Like, I love figs. Maybe you're like, give me those fig newtons. I want to make them from scratch. Like, you love figs. You're like, I want a fig tree because I want figs. And for three years, you're like, I'm going to be patient. Year one, I'm patient. Year two, I'm a little less patient. Year three, you're like, I'm struggling with this patience. You're looking, going, "It's it's not doing what it intended to do. And I want to just remind you that that there is the surface level that you go, oh, a fig tree is not producing fruit, dang. But then there's the implication level for what that means for us. So here we find this fig tree that is intended to bear fruit, figs, and after three years it's not doing what it intended to do. It's not actually bearing fruit. Jesus is using this image of a fig tree as a representation us. He's looking at us and he's asking us the question and causing us to reflect on, is my life bearing fruit? Am I like the fig tree described here where I look at my life and I just, it looks pretty barren or do I find myself producing fruit? And I was struck by this as I was reading it, because there are certain things that I'm like, man, it's like, for me, I noticed that as I'm reading that, 
that God will speak things that it's like he's talking directly to where we are right now. And I was looking at this going, how interesting is this? So tentatively, (laughs) tentatively, it looks like we're possibly, maybe, possibly, who knows, coming out of COVID. Maybe. Tentatively. Who knows? (laughs) At this point, I'm like, I don't know. I have my, whatever. But we're coming out of this long extended season and I'm looking at this going, we have th- a three-year season, and we're like, what, two years? Two years where we look back and go, okay, so here was this season of, of where I was existing. At the end of the two years, now the COVID, the disruption, the pace, all the changes, did that produce fruit in me? Did it produce something good in me? Do I look at those two years of growth and development, and were they positive growth and development? Do I look at my life and go, wow, my life has bore fruit? As Christians, is there fruit in my life from this extended period of disruption and frustration and all the things going on? Is there fruit? I I think that God's asking us to, to honestly invite him into that question. When I look back from the last two years, do I look more like Jesus now than I did two years ago? Like, I I was trying... I was trying to think about even just markers and timelines, and I don't know what it's like for you guys, but a lot of it has just blurred together, where I'm like, I don't know. They're like, when did you do? I'm like, I don't remember. But I remember March 2020. I remember everything that changed then. And, and when I look back, if you were to do an inventory in your life and look back and go, okay, who was I in March 2020? And you think about who you are now. Do you look more like Jesus today than you did then? Do you look at your life and see inward transformation that, that actually move to external fruit? Like there's this clear indicator. I am more an apprentice of Jesus today than I was two years ago. Does our life exemplify fruit? There's, there's another passage that Paul talks about where he talks about fruit of the Spirit. What the Holy Spirit produces in us. He wrote about it in Galatians. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Does your life have more of that? Are you more loving to your enemies? Do you have more joy in situations that are hard than in 2020? Do you experience peace, more peace, even when things are unsteady and unsettled? Are you increasingly patient even if you are forced to wait? Are you kind even when it costs you? Is your life marked by goodness even when it is so much easier to do the easy and wrong thing? Are you faithful? Do you do what God asks you to do regardless of the cost to you? Are you more faithful now than you were in 2020? More willing to pay the price when God asks you to do something? Are you gentle to those who are not gentle with you. Do you look back on the last two years of existence and find yourself growing in these areas? Do you have self-control in an increasing measure, resisting temptation increasingly and the pull of the world? Is your life marked by the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. 
And the convicting and challenging thing is for many of us, we look back two years and we go, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I represent that more. Maybe there's some areas I do, and then there's other areas that I go, that has not been the case for me. For some of us, we look back on the last couple of years and we go, I, I don't know that I grew nearly as much as I, as I intended to, as I hoped I would. And I think one of the impacts of COVID is I think it forced some of us to think that we just need to wait it out. We just need to settle in. And at some point, we'll get through it. And then, and then we'll make some changes. And we're like, it was just two weeks. And two weeks turned into two years. And we've just been settling in and taking a seat and gone, you know what? My spiritual growth and development, it can wait until things are more convenient. Problem is, that's not how growth works. And if we're always waiting for the moment to be easier, we're never going to want to grow. And for some of us, that is what happened. Like we just looked at COVID and we're like, it's really difficult and challenging. And so I find myself more anxious and more fearful and less gentle and more and less and less peaceful and more aggressive with my enemies. Like we in culture and in many of us saw the opposite of the fruit of the spirit over the last couple of years. There was some stuff that you're like, ooh, boy. There was some stuff in us that came out. They're like, I don't like that. We look at the fruit of our lives and it's convicting for us because we find ourselves, we've simply existed trying to get to the other side and we look like this barren fig tree that, that hasn't actually produced any kind of fruit. And I know for some of us, and I, I, I'm in that category, I, I consumed a lot of content over the last couple of years. I watched lots of stuff. I read lots of things. The question is, did what I consume actually center my life more and more to Jesus? Like, I look back, honestly, at the leader I was in 2020 and go, I'm not the same guy. Like, I'm not the same, uh, like, I, I don't think, I think if you even ask Lee, I don't think I'm the same leader. I don't think I'm the same man. This has changed me. Like, there have been things, and I, I honestly, there's a lot of change I didn't really want. <laughs> like, I don't want to change in that way. And I think that we need to remember for each of us that there is change that happens over time. But we don't just naturally trend toward healthy change. We don't naturally trend toward health without putting handles on things. Inevitably, as human beings, we trend toward dysfunction. We trend toward previous patterns. Oh, I've always been this. I'm always that. I always do this. And we go back into that. And so to look back at ourselves and go, am I better for it? Did the time help me? Like on multiple different levels, when I look at myself, am I better for this season? And it's challenging and I think convicting for us to reflect on. Because all of us have areas where you go, I know I didn't grow there. I know I didn't bear fruit in this way. I know that it has been difficult in this way. And I want to challenge us. I say us because it's, it's you and me, all of us, to look back and to actually reflect, what did I do with my time? What did I do with those two years? What am I currently doing with my time? I mean, you think about two years of the mo most radical disruption and change of pace that any of us in our lifetime have experienced. How did we handle it? Did we leverage it? I mean, I remember, I remember when I got, like, all of us got sick of people talking about pivoting. 
And they're like, we just got to pivot. And you're like, if I hear you talking about pivoting one more time, I'm going to throw you down the stairs. Like, and then we hear people talking about, it's an opportunity. And you're like, I know it's an opportunity. I don't like this opportunity. But when we look back with fresh eyes, did we treat it like an opportunity? I mean, did we honestly look back and go, I had, like, for example, what's the one cultural thing that we say all the time when people are like, how's it going? Oh, I'm busy. I'm so busy. The problem is that we had, like, a good, solid many months where none of us, that was true. I mean, if you have, a, if you have kids, it was like, you want a break from your kids? But, but busyness is not the same thing. It's not like you have all these things trying to get your attention. You had a few things And I think about it even from a parenting perspective. I go, we as a culture are so distracted. And we had an invitation to be present with our kids in a way that we probably will not get again. Did we leverage it? Or if you don't have kids, you had an opportunity for your pace to change where you went, I don't have to run at this rate that is killing me. Did we stop and rest? And not just watch more Netflix. I mean actually find time to go, I'm delighting in you, God. I want to find rest in you. I want to restore my soul. Did we do any of that? Or did we simply say, well, at some point it will get better? It's like with the people that are always waiting for the weekend. Oh, it's Monday, but Friday's coming. And you never enjoy any of it or any of the process along the way. You're just always looking to the next thing. That's such a cultural thing for us. Like, think about it, even just in our own lives. We go, um, we're in school, when we're in high school. When I finally graduate, then my life will start. When I, when I get into a school that I want to be, then my life will start. When I finish school and get a good job, then my life will start. When I find that person and get, get married, then my life will start. When I have kids, then when we buy a house, then when we retire, then always living in this place. Do we actually recognize that there is so much that we miss in the moment and the process? Or do we simply look and go, well, now we're finally out, and that's it. I think that there is a significant invitation for all of us to reflect and to look at our spiritual development over the last couple of years. I was thinking about our spiritual development and how much it's like trying to get healthy. Like you think about it, when you're trying to get healthy, it it is consistent decisions made compounded over time, right? It's every single day that you go to drive, go drive past a drive-thru, you say, no, I'm not going to eat the processed food. I'm going to go home and I'm going to make the stuff that's going to go bad in my fridge. Like, I'm going to make the food that I have. And over time, you begin to see results. But, it, but it's not even just that you see results. Even more accurately, other people see results. They look at you and go, something's Something's different. Like, you look really good. What 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 have you been doing? They see what we've been deciding inwardly expressed outwardly. They see how we've changed, but we've made consistent choices over time. See, they see it after a bunch. They see it when it's compounded, but we've made decisions along the way. When you try to get healthy, it's not enough to eat one salad a week. Right? It's not enough to go, I'm going to exercise once a week or once a month. It is a daily decision to go, I believe that this is important, and I believe that the effort I put in now will compound over time. Now think about that from a spiritual perspective. 
So many of us go, I want to grow or I want more, but we don't make daily consistent decisions that lead in that direction. And we go, I wonder why I'm not where I want to be. And you look back and go, I've basically done nothing consistently that has indicated that was even important to me. And I look at the invitation that we have, not just in the past season, but moving forward, and I think there's an invitation for more. I think there's an invitation for increased consistency. But I also think it's important that we recognize that often we are, both, we are most equipped to see our growth when we look backwards. Like we just look and go, I'm not the same person I was two years ago. I, I've, I've grown. Yeah, I'm not where I want to be, but I, I see that there have been so many areas where I do look more and more like Jesus. But we need to be willing to reflect. It, it, we, we struggle, and I don't know which author said it, but the, the tendency we have to delude ourselves and lie to ourselves is high. So we look back and go, no, I'm great. Every, here's like the two extremes, I think. And I know where I sit. So there's people that are like, I'm great, everything's wonderful. And there's other people like, I'm the worst. Like nothing I do matters, I am the worst. And we, there's like no middle ground. There's the people that are delusional and the people that are delusional and all of us. And we look at, and none of us honestly reflect and go, what do I see when I look at my life? What am I even using as markers? Am I using fruit of the spirit? Am I using, am I using looking more and more like Jesus as a representation? I mean, what's your natural tendency? Do you beat yourself up? Do you look back and go, I am not nearly as developed as I wish I was? And do you have this internal voice? Because pay attention to that, that internal voice that goes, why even bother? You can't do it anyway. You've wasted time. You're the sum of your failures. You'll never do it. You can't do it. You've proven that you don't do it. You're not disciplined. Whatever that internal voice that says lies to us, that, that tells us that we shouldn't even bother and it causes us just to give up before we ever start. What's the internal voice sound like? I think it so often can sound like the external voices we hear in culture. Like if you think about how culture views humanity, especially right now, you're the sum total of your failures. You're the, the sum total, you are defined by your worst day, your worst behaviors. Because that's the stuff that we share and tell everyone about. You are all the things you've ever done wrong. That's who you are. And no matter what you do, you can't make that right. You are that. Is that the way of Jesus? Is that how Jesus sees us? Does Jesus look at us and all of our falls, flaws and failures and go, that's who you are, that's who you'll ever be? We do hear that a lot. Is that what Jesus Says, And I look at this story and we see even in this the beauty of the message of Jesus. Here we have the failed fig tree that deserves destruction because it's done nothing. Hasn't done what it's intended to do. And what happens? The gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. And if we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Now notice this gardener who says, give it one more chance. Now think about how we would view that, one more chance. What is one more chance? It's like one more day, one more week. I doubt we think one more chance is another month. 
Like we're like, I'm going to give you a small chance. Like if we're going to give someone a chance who has not owned up or done what we asked them to do, it's small. We might stretch it, but not very much. And what do we see here? The gardener says, give it one more chance. Leave it another year. Do we, do we notice? Like, that's significant. We're like, wait a second. That's not one more chance. One more year. Leave it another year. I don't want us to miss this and the implications of what that tells us about who God is and who Jesus is and who we are. Because Jesus does not give up quickly like we do. God does not give up quickly like we do. We are quick. We, it is easy for us to write people off and bail on them and to go, you're done and you're out and you don't fit and I'm not going to give you another chance. But God looks at us, all of us, and says, give it another chance. Let me give it another year. Let me work and develop. Let me do something in this span of time. Let me watch or let me show you and demonstrate what I can do. Some of us look at our lives of the last couple of years and we feel like the barren fig tree or we feel like the fig tree that just hasn't produced enough. We look and go, I don't know that this time has been as valuable as it should have been. I don't know that my life is producing the kind of fruit that it should be. And I want to speak directly to each one of you that feels like that and just remind you that God is not done with you. That Jesus is not done with you with you. He has not given up. He is not interested in just giving you the the one-day chance. He wants to give you an opportunity, but we are faced with a moment, a choice, a, a chance, a chance to say, do I want to grow? Jesus, who is the gardener, is advocating on our behalf saying, let's not get rid of it yet. Let's give it a little bit more time. Let me provide it some direct attention. I want you to know that for all of us, regardless of where we find ourselves, that God is inviting us into more. That Jesus is inviting us into more. More fruit. More bearing fruit. And we see even in this, we see the gardener. And the gardener is, is advocating on behalf of this barren fig tree and and is speaking about what he intends to do. And it, and it tells us some lessons that I think are helpful. It's saying, in order for growth, there needs to be special attention and plenty of fertilizer. That's what the gardener commits to, giving it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. And the gardener understands the fig tree. Like, Jesus actually does understand us. He understands how we're designed, how we're intended to function. He understands. And so part of what he's communicating is that in order for us to grow, there needs to be special attention given to that growth. That it doesn't just happen accidentally. And notice here, it's not just that the gardener says, I'll promise to observe it for a couple more years or I'll watch it for another year. No, it's special focused attention. It's intentionality in what is happening. Now think about that in our own lives. If we want to grow, there does need to be on our end some intention placed on what we want to do. And we do it like New Year's resolution, right? I want to grow closer to Jesus. And then it's like four days in, we haven't read our Bible or prayed or done anything, and we're like, I'm a failure next year. Next year, next year I'll do it differently. Instead, it is about patterning our lives to begin to enforce habits that every single day lead to the direction we want to go. 
that there's intention behind what we do, that we're not just haphazardly hoping that growth happens. We're not haphazardly going like, hopefully this all works out. Instead, we are putting effort towards growth. We are making choices. We are changing habits that lead to the life that we want to have. And there's also this responsibility of surrendering to what God wants to do in our lives. Jesus talks about pruning. When he talks about plants, he talks about the reality that God will prune things so that there's more fruit. He will prune plants that are even producing some fruit so that they might produce even more fruit. This whole pruning process is a significant part of what it means to follow Jesus. And yet, it is exceptionally uncomfortable. He talks a lot about pruning things to be more healthy and more productive. And many of us go, I want to be healthier. And he goes, okay, so here's how I got to do it. I got I to chop some stuff. And you're like, mm-mm. I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to take, I don't want you to take shears to my life and my heart and, and things, I don't want you to ask me to give things up, I don't, I don't want to do any of that and it confronts some areas in us. I was thinking about this in, in terms of even the fig tree, because I'm like, I, anyone in here an expert on fig trees? Good, me neither, I was like, I don't know all that much about fig trees, I don't know, like, do you prune fig trees? Because I know that that's a significant metaphor that, that Jesus uses with God, this pruning. Do you need to even prune a fig tree? And so I, I Googled it, and I found on homesandgardens.com, I know some of you have that bookmarked, <laughs> said it's, there's, there's two-part quote that I'm like, this is so brilliant to me. It says, this, this first part says, while it is not essential to prune your fig tree, especially when it's more mature, doing so in the early years can encourage it to produce more fruit and cultivate a more aesthetically pleasing tree. This is the genius of Jesus. Okay, 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus is talking about a barren tree. He could use any, any fruit tree, but he picks a fig tree that in 2022, we have someone at homesandgardens.com saying, you, if you prune a fig tree, you really want to prune it when it's young. Because if you prune it when it's young, then it will grow and mature and produce more fruit. Think about this from a spiritual perspective. See, some of us, we are whatever age. Maybe we're 20 and maybe we're 60. Age does not equal spiritual maturity. It just doesn't. I know people that are older that are more cantankerous and don't look like Jesus. And I'm like, you don't just automatically get toward actually bearing fruit. But early on in your spiritual development, regardless of your age or frankly how long you've been following Jesus, if you're early on in your development, that's when the pruning is so necessary. And I know what it feels like. Because in that early process, you're like, I feel like I'm a stump. Like it's just cut everything off. And I'm like, I got nothing. I had to give up everything. I have to do nothing that I like. And I just give everything. This is God's process. Because he wants to prune you early. Because God does not think short. God is not thinking about the instant thing. Though that is what we often value. We think we want quick. And so the, the quote continues and it says, Figs are produced each growth season on old wood. Branches produced the previous season. So to produce more fruit in future seasons, you need more branches. Again, I look at even this. 
Like, this is the beauty. All of nature crying out to the creator. All of this even. These guys aren't intending for this to have theological implications or to echo what Jesus is already saying. But you see that and go, okay, so figs are produced each growth season on old wood. Branches produced in the previous season. Think about how significant that is for us. Because many of us through COVID felt like we got pruned like crazy. And you're like, what was the purpose of that? I, like, I don't want to do that ever again. And you're like, I hate this. COVID sucks. I'm not sure what I think anymore. And what we don't understand is that God was setting us up. God wanted to produce fruit not then, which is what we wanted. He wanted to produce stronger branches that in the following season would produce fruit. That's so significant for us. Because we look back and go, oh, is it possible that if we surrender, that even though it's painful, God actually knows more than we do? Like he actually knows what he's up to. And when he's taking his scissors to us, we're going, okay, I I hate this. This sucks. And he's like, trust me. Trust me. The, The fact that the fruit on the fig tree comes after a year, and even when we see this with the parable, that give it another year comes from a previous season. That's where we bear fruit. And that, that quote talks about, that talks about the branches getting stronger. I know that sometimes when we get pruned, we feel weaker. But in God's economy, God's kingdom, that that is actually what strengthens us. Because it removes, like, I don't know if you've ever pruned anything, but you remove the things that are kind of growing in wonky directions and not actually doing anything. And in that The branches that are strengthening get stronger and stronger. So think about in our spiritual development. Early on, we got like one little branch. We got one little branch, and it's about all we have, and God prunes a bunch, but it's so that that thing can grow and grow and grow. And as we grow and mature, we have other branches, but we have a a few strong, sturdy branches. And God prunes and removes the other things that aren't going to help us, and instead, what it does is it it strengthens us. And I want you to notice about pruning and producing that it is not immediate. And men, we want that. Or just me. I want that. I'm like, if you're going to prune me, I want to prove, I want to know that it was for good reason right away. Right away. Instead, we see this delayed, delayed response, delayed gratification, which culturally is so difficult for us. We want to microwave things. We want instant results. We want to watch videos, quick fixes. All, it's, everything is shortcuts. And yet God looks and goes, I want to do lasting. Like, I want to strengthen you over time. I want, produce, I want you to produce fruit. I don't want you to produce, like, little wonky Apples that are just like almost rotten by the time they're grown. I want you to produce beautiful, luscious fruit on your whole life. I want your life to be such a demonstration of my work. This gardener who's been entrusted in your life that everything points to me. That people see you and go, what is that? They see outwardly what's happened inwardly. And it isn't quick. This is why I think the apprenticeship language is helpful because someone isn't an apprentice for a week. They're an apprentice for a long period of time. And and here's the bad news for those of us who would call ourselves Jesus followers. We're apprentices forever. 
We never become like Jesus. We're not God-like. We're not, we, we just spend the rest of our lives allowing him to challenge us and confront us. We spend the rest of our life being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus and doing what he did. But it doesn't start with, and this is, I think, an important distinction. It doesn't start with do what Jesus did. It doesn't start with activity. It starts with be with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. This needs to not just be something we say, but something we do. This can happen in the church. We're like, I, I need to spend time with Jesus. I need to read my Bible and pray. And so we do it once a week. And then we go, how come it just seems like he's not very close? Because it's not an actual part of our life. This idea of being with Jesus can't just be a theological truth or something we think we should do. It needs to become a central part of our lives. It needs to become something that we focus on, that every day we go, what does it look like today for me to be with Jesus? It's not enough for us to do it once a week at church. That's important, but that's not it. It needs to be what we do, who we are, the pattern of our lives. John 15, one to five, Jesus says this, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't force fruit to grow. You can't do something that somehow just wills fruit into existence. Fruit grows because you are actively spending time with him. You are being with Jesus. You are surrendering to him and letting him be the one at work in your life. And if you look at your life and you go, I don't think I'm producing the fruit that I intend to produce or I think I should produce or I hope to produce, is it possible, and I would say likely, that it's connected to the fact that you are not actually being with Jesus like you should be? The, the passage talks about abiding in other translations, abiding, like being with in every ounce of your being. And, and let me just clarify, being with Jesus does not mean praying for six hours before you start the day. It means every moment of every single day, talking to Jesus, spending time with God, knowing that he's present and close. It means reading your Bible and not to check it off the list or to plow through, but to read it and go, what do you want to say to me? How are you trying to get my attention? What are you challenging me? It means you actually have to make that a daily part of your process. I want you to remember that bearing fruit is the outward expression of inward change. It's outward signs of what's happening inwards. And so, what's our fruit? We look at our lives. What is the evidence of what's been happening? Maybe we look back and we go, I don't see I, I see barely any fruit. Or maybe we look back and go, I don't see as much fruit as I hope for. I thought that this season would be different or I'd hoped that the outcome of my life would be different. And we find ourselves in that place where we're going, is that it? 
And maybe we, we beat ourselves up or maybe we feel some sense, of, I just got to do it by myself. I just, I want to let us know that, that Jesus is not giving up on us, but I do believe really strongly like he's giving us an opportunity a, a, to come face to face with him and go, I haven't been who I want to be. I'm willing to let you do something that I haven't let you do. I'm willing to let you give special attention and bring the fertilizer. I'm willing to let you prune me. I'm willing to to actually invest in the importance of being close to you. See, the thing is, we we can't force anything, and we have limited control on all sorts of things. So it's important to actually go, what do we have control over? We do have control over being with Jesus. We do. We have control to what degree we actually center our lives to being with Jesus. We have control over that. You recognize that the production of fruit is a process, but spending time with Jesus is integral to that. That we need to actually actively read our Bibles and not just say we read our Bibles or say we should read our Bibles. Read our Bibles. We should pray actively. And, and a bun- like we should be praying all the time, not waiting until we have a nice prayer or something to ask God for. We should have constant conversation. We should worship. We worship here, but we also worship at home where we spend time with Jesus. We should spend time with other people who are following Jesus and go, we get to be with Jesus together. We get to encourage each other and challenge each other. We get to notice what you are up to, Jesus. We should be fasting We should set aside time to weaken our bodies and strengthen our soul. We should find Sabbath. We should actually not just take a break from from things and sit on the couch, but find things that restore us. These are ways, practical ways, that we can be with Jesus. There is an opportunity that we have, and I want you to know, just like the, the fig tree where the gardener says, give it one more year, that Jesus is going, you have some time. You have time to do something different, to tell a different story, to establish different patterns. Let me work in you. And how will we respond? I mean, this is the thing I think a lot about when I'm preaching and preparing as I go, I want, I want it to always be catalytic. So it's never one of those things that you just, I say stuff and you go, oh, that was nice, and then you move on. I want you to do something with it. I want to do something with it. I don't ever want it to be where we exchange information. You go, that guy, I don't know, he seemed like he believed what he was saying. I, I want you to actually go, God, what do you want me to do? What does it look like for me? And then what does it look like? I don't know if you know anything about, about setting goals, but part of the beauty of setting goals is we need to do it with other people that can hold us accountable. What does it look like for me to go, I'm sensing God's asking me to do this, and I'm going to tell someone else so I actually have to follow through. Someone that loves me and we can do it together. One of our values is urgency, and we say it like this, time is short and there's work to do. We want to make our lives count. We're part of the greatest rescue mission this world has ever known. We want to live with urgency. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. We want to believe that there is work to be done, but sometimes in order for work to be done, God has to be allowed to do work in us. And we don't want to wait till the perfect moment. Like if COVID's done, amazing. If it's not done, fine. We don't need more excuses. We don't need to wait till the perfect time. We need to establish that we want to pattern our lives toward growth. We want to bear fruit and we're willing to spend the time with 
God that will allow us to do that. We're going to confront all the things in our life that aren't bearing fruit and allow God to come with the pruning shears and prune us. We're going to submit to the process. But if, there's, if you hear nothing else, like maybe there's something that connected, but if you hear nothing else, we have to have a deep and deepening relationship with Jesus. It can't just be something that we took from our parents or that is kind of part of socially what we do. It has to be a driving force of everything that we do. We can't just say one more time, I'm really busy. I don't have time to connect with God. The creator of the universe wants to give you special attention so that you might grow. Don't waste that. We're going to have the prayer team that will be at the back. And if you know there's some things that you need prayer for or you're recognizing, okay, there's some stuff in here that I, I, I need to deal with or confront, don't wait. Don't act like there's another time that you can do it. I, I want us to respond in worship. But I really want you to ask the question, God, what are you asking me to do? And what am I going to do about it? What step am I going to take that I can consistently do in order to move towards you, to be with you so that you might be the one that produces fruit in me. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you see us and even if we are coming out of a season where we aren't who we want to be or where we want to be, that you are not done with us, you have not given up on us. God, I pray that you would, you would change us, that you would draw us closer, give us passion to to pray with you, to talk to you, to listen to you. God, give us insight as we're reading scripture that you would speak to us in a way that is clearly and undeniably you. God, help us to live with urgency, knowing that you're giving us an opportunity to bear the kind of fruit that you want to bear. God, coat us in fertilizer. Give us special attention so that we might produce what you want to us to produce. God, we want a life of purpose, and so help us to surrender to you and your purpose in that. God, we need you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like more information on Collective Church, find us on social media at This Is Collective Church, or reach us on our website, collectivechurch.ca. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you Sunday.